Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wounded! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene! Run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. Here's my question for you today, Samantha. Yes. What is your favorite karaoke song? Oh, that's a cruel question because I have several. I I have several. You can um, give you can give a handful. I'll allow that. A handful. Uh, yeah. Let me think. So I do love a good Fiona Apple song. Uh huh. And Criminal is usually the one I go to. I think everybody loves that. Mm-hmm. Um, I will also do every now and then if I'm feeling really courageous, a Salt and Pepper song. But I'm not <laughs> good at it. I've seen this happen. You pulled me up once and I was very confused. You didn't know what was happening. And that's when I nope. realized we have very different tastes in music. No, I knew the song, but I had been like talking to someone and all of a sudden I was like pulled up and singing oh, a salt oh, okay. and pepper song. That's what it was. <laughs> yes. So wait, so what is yours? Oh, I'm surprised you didn't say uh, No Scrubs, TLC. Oh, I do love a good note. Oh, see, that's what I'm saying. There's so many. Yeah, you also do say my name a lot. I do a lot of uh, Destiny's Child. It's true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's true. TLC, Destiny's Child, all day. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I associate. Every time I hear those songs, I think of you. So, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Hand over heart is warranted. Yes. yes. Um, mine are much nerdier than yours. Because I, I love the classic Mulan, yeah. Be a Man. I well, like, that's, I feel like that's all of the house stuff work. Like honestly, producer Andrew really loves yeah, it. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like I pick the ones that are goofy that I know like everyone's going to get into. Like now I've started choosing the Pokemon song because people always sing it. Like I don't know yeah. that song, but I like choosing it because everyone gets into it. I didn't um, know that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, I didn't either. But now I love it and I do it every time. I believe that's also a producer Andrew's. Preference as well, the Pokemon song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, him and uh, our other past super producer on the show, Dylan. Uh, I used to really love, well, 
I love my shot from Hamilton, but there was, what is the one people always are like, you have to sing this one. And it's just my thing now. And I don't know how it really happened. The, the, um, well, what is the song you used, to, the Radiohead song that you used Oh, to Creep? <laughs> yeah. Where I started crying on stage. That yeah. was a different time of my life. I'm not in that period anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I have moved on. Oh, it's, um, oh my gosh, Get Back by Ludacris. Get Back by Ludacris. Really? Uh, Yes. I don't know if I've ever seen you do this. I do it like every time because people, okay. I did it once and now everyone requests it and is like, you have to get up there and do it. Um, I do know all the words. I could do it wow. without the lyrics. But why, right now, I want to do Evil by Tiffany Haddish from the Lego 2 movie, but no karaoke yeah. place has it. It's a shame. But that's my next one I'm going to tackle. <laughs> I think you can do that too, yes. Anyway, uh, <laughs> moving on from karaoke. Uh, today we are talking about a topic that you, Samantha, you have been dying to talk uh, about this for this a long time. This has long been on my list for a couple of years now, yes. And I'm very, very, very excited that we finally got to approach and get into it. And not, I mean, we got into it as much as we could because there's so much to unpack, but it was so good. Yes, so what we're talking about is Massage Noir, and particularly when we look at women in the hip-hop industry and what does that look like. And to have this conversation today, Eves, uh, wonderful Eves from Female First, she put us in touch with a friend of hers, uh, Kiana Fitzgerald, uh, who is an amazing writer. And uh, she joined us to have this conversation and was fantastic. Such a delight. So mm-hmm. without further ado... Let's get into it. We like to start with a very basic, simple question. Uh, can you introduce yourself to our audience and tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. My name is Kiana Fitzgerald. I am a freelance writer, a cultural critic, and a DJ. And I've um, written for a bunch of different places at this point. But I got my start at NPR, which is a very, very great stroke of luck. And I was able to finesse that into um, a full-time position there after an internship. And then I kind of bounced around to a couple of different companies before landing at Complex. And there I was able to really dig into hip hop and um, the way that we kind of interact with our artists, with our influencers, with our producers, um, just all kinds of the intricacies of what makes hip hop, hip hop. So ever since um, I left Complex, Early last year, 2019, I've been freelancing, as I said, and I've been able to work with Rolling Stone, with Billboard, OK Player, um, The Cut, Nylon Magazine, a bunch of different cool places. I did a cover story on Megan Thee Stallion for Paper Magazine last summer. It was one of the most exciting things I've ever done. And yeah, I've uh, just kind of been trying to uh, parlay my experiences into a bigger career that I couldn't have dreamed that I could have. Oh, so and we're so excited to have you. I'm not going to yes. lie. Um, yes. As we've been getting prepared for our interview, of course, I'm stalking you on the interwebs. <laughs> uh, that's what we do. That's that's the professionalist in me. Uh, but yeah, and reading all your articles, you do you do such a fantastic job, and uh, writing about your interviews and just your interactions is fantastic. And I love how you make it as. I don't know what it is, but the way you have the conversations or the back and forth is almost like you're. Rapping in that conversation. Ooh, so oh I was my like, God, I love okay. that. 
No, I really was. I was like, oh, I feel like I'm kind of bought into this, even yeah. though I'm just reading an interview. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> it is. It's so good. And and it's such a beautiful, I love, especially with what we're talking about today, and we're talking about uh, massage noir and hip-hop and what is happening in that industry. And it's been something on my mind for a while. I know Annie and I talked about it when I first joined uh, Stuff yeah. I Never Told You a couple of years ago, that this is something that I want to tackle. We want to talk about it because it's so intriguing to see an industry that is so influential, but at the mm-hmm. same time, it holds women back in such a way, but at the same time, this challenges those who can make it and who can't. Yeah. Of course, that goes into the bigger conversation of what's happening within the industry in itself when in a time of Black Lives Matter, um, say her name, and me too, hashtag me too. So mm-hmm. it's a big conversation. And yeah. again, thank you so much for joining us because uh, I have 10,000 things I want to talk about with you. And Let's do I feel it. like I kind of already know you from the articles that you write. And I know, by the way, I also went through your Patreon. Fantastic. Oh, thank you. Um, thank you're you so, so much. open and vulnerable. And of course, we're going to get that information out. Yes. yes. Um, but yeah, one of the big articles I know you talked about was from 2018. And the title is, Why Can There Only Be One Dominant Woman in Rap? Yes. And I've been asking this question for not only just in rap, but in all of professionalism, all of hobbies, anything. Why is there such limited space for women? And then when we talk about (laughs) Black women, even less, and women of color, even less space. Um, And you talk about the theory of social constructionist theory, which was fantastic. Uh, Can you talk a little bit more about that and how it relates and affects hip-hop and how it limits women? I know there's three questions, but... Oh, no, sure. (laughs) Well, I will say I haven't read that article since 2018. So I'm like, what did I write? Um, so can you refresh my memory on that theory? I'm sorry. No, 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 you're great. You're great. You pretty much just talk about, um, you actually quote and say, once the leading cast of female rappers dwindled, the space for women in rap restricted by default. If there are fewer women rapping at prominent levels, then there's less room needed for them. Mm-hmm. And it isn't like, if it's filled, then it's done, it's over. And then yeah. you talk a lot about the competition because you're talking specifically about Nicki Minaj and, and uh, Cardi, Cardi B. Mm-hmm. And then you even, and from my era, Foxy Brown and uh, <laughs> Kim, uh, Lil' yeah. Kim. And you yeah. talk about that whole like feud and it didn't come around until Missy Elliott and they did uh, Ladies Night. Yes. And that kind of was like, oh, wow, look at this. Women together can rap together and support each other. What is this? But you kind of talk about what is it that men are so afraid of that they have to constrict the space for women so they don't have people to compete with. Absolutely. So, yeah, in writing that article, I was really just surrounded, um, you know, in the complex office by a bunch of men, you know? Mm -hmm. And we were Mm -hmm. always talking about, you know, 21 Savage, Lil Yachty, like all these men. And I was just kind of like, when we have these conversations, we talk about, either one woman, no women, or maybe two women at a time. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to get to the bottom of why the conversations were so, you know, restricted. And I just delved into as much as I could find about the way that we interact with each other as a society and the way that we interact with each other within our own, you know, spaces of music, of, of culture, of you know, of knitting or whatever, you know, like all these different things that that we interact with on a regular basis. I wanted to really get to the bottom of why are women so often told that we don't fit in or told that we can't be a part of something, even though we've been there since the beginning, even though we've been supporting those cultures since the beginning. So I really wanted to just um, shed light on the fact that there 
doesn't have to just be one dominant woman, as we've seen, you know, even in the past six months, like Flo Millie has come out, like Skin Keisha has come out, but there are so many beautiful, amazing, talented rapper Mulatto um, mm-hmm. that are coming out. And it's like, we don't have, like the conversation that we were having in 2018, we've evolved from that. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful for it, but there are still like obstacles that we need to face right. and obstacles that we need to overcome. But um, yeah, in terms of that that period in time, it was literally Nikki or Cardi. Like there was right. no way around it. And like you said, it kind of harkened back to the Kim versus Foxy era where it was like, well, you can only pick one. Who's your favorite? Who's your favorite? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I love them both and I can't mm-hmm. pick, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, I... I, I'm not gonna lie. I was Team Cardi in 2018, but that was that was more so because of like you know she was young and fresh and exciting, and she seemed like a person that I would have wanted to hang out with. And right. he is very much a diva, which is not a bad thing. Right. But um, you know, I just like I like I thought she was more personable. So um, at that point in the article itself, I did not like you know lay out my my allegiance, but um, I was very much just trying to investigate why we were even having the conversation of one woman being dominant at a time. Right. And you did. You made a great point about the fact that it was the patriarchy and misogyny in itself that pinned them against each other. It wasn't even them. At one point, you even even talked about her, um, Cardi's tweet saying, y'all trying something and it's not anything. (laughs) We're just hanging here. And she's like, we could be making out and you're still going to say... Exactly. competing against each other. And that's exactly kind of what you were talking about. It's like, this is not... I mean, I think since then... Things exploded, but at, yeah. at that point in time, it didn't. And at, and at that point, Cardi was uh, talking about how much she loved uh, Nicki and looked up to Nicki Minaj and, and how big of an influence she was yeah. before they started going back and forth and having a feud. And she had gotten the first number one hit mm-hmm. as a rapper, a female rapper, and everybody congratulated her, including Nicki, Nicki Minaj. Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of like, who's making this happen and who does this benefit? Yeah. And you talk about that. Yeah, it's it's definitely like, you know, like I was saying, just the microcosm of being in the complex office and hearing the conversations there, that kind of like, you can extrapolate that out and talk about like the media in general, especially mm-hmm. like Black culture media, you know, the Breakfast Club, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Like they really perpetuate a lot right. of that conversation. Right. So, um, you know, it just gets to a point where you either try to ignore those conversations that are happening or you get embattled in these conversations yourself and you're like in the comments in the shade room, like going back and forth with people like arguing or whatever, like trying to trying to just like make a point about the fact that there doesn't need to be like this small, you know, finite amount of space for women. And mm-hmm. um, a lot of times, you know, when I wrote that article, uh, I got a lot of great feedback, but it still kind of felt like I was screaming into a void. You know, it felt mm-hmm. like I, I didn't quite have the, like, I wanted, I wanted like a huge conversation to happen. I wanted it to be like, let's talk about this. And mm-hmm. like, it, it happened in like my immediate circle, but like, it didn't really happen as far as like, now we're having this conversation on a podcast that is not about music or hip hop specifically. Right. Like, this right. is what I wanted to happen. And so I'm right. very, very happy and grateful that we're having this conversation now. And and you're right, even when uh, your article came out, people referenced to your article because there was not a lot of conversation to it. Nobody was actually writing it out or actually yeah. digging into it. And you did. You came out with some studies. You're like, this study and this study. And it was fantastic. 
even though people have been talking about it, even though people say that it's a problem and it's the obvious answer is misogyny, patriarchy, misogynoir is there, of course. Yes. But how do we break this down? And you did, mm-hmm. you talked a lot about it and even went through like a generational point mm-hmm. because you kind of brought it up again when you talked to Megan Thee Stallion mm-hmm. and talking about what it would look like if the ladies' night was reframed and she did it. And yeah. what, who would be in then? How many people would be in it? She was like, I'd have 20 people. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Which is even better. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and, and you kind of already tapped into this because you talked about that there's more names. And, and I know you interviewed the City Girls, which, by the way, I, I was listening to that as I was doing re- more research. I was like, <laughs> nice. Yes, all of this, all of this. Yeah. Um, but do you still see that whole limiting space, the fact that they say, okay, here's your three girls. Enjoy. Here's your three female rappers. Enjoy. That's it. That's all you can have. Do you see, still see that happening today? Well, um, I definitely want to uh, reference a song that just came out um, with the City Girls. It's the Do It remix by Chloe and Halle. Mm-hmm. So the City Girls are on it, Mulatto's on it, and Doja Cat is on it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, this is like a mini ladies night. Like I was so excited. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that fortunately over the past couple of years, and I, I'm not sure if it's because Cardi was like such a phenomenon and we were like, we want more of that mm-hmm. or what, but um, that door has kind of been kicked open and mm-hmm. women are just starting to pour through, especially like I said, in the last six months, they're like Chica. Oh my God, mm-hmm. I can't believe I forgot to mention her. I did a cover story on her like last week. That's fantastic. That's the article I'm actually specifically talking about where it just felt like it was like a bop in its writing. I was like, yes. oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yes. So... You know, I like as I'm talking, I'm like, oh, her, oh, her, oh, her. Yeah, like, yeah. and that's like, that's what I've always wanted is to just be able to like have a conversation and be able to mention like more than like, you know, five women at a time, mm-hmm. like hold up one hand and name this, 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 and that's it. Like mm-hmm. at this point, it's like I have friends that put me on to like new women. And I am just like thrilled that we have more space because for such, even though like, it was just a couple of years ago. It felt like it lasted for so long that mm-hmm. it was like Nikki or Cardi. There is no in between. Like, and even like the City Girls came up right around that time, and nobody was really talking about them. You know, like like Drake. You know, had the In My Feeling song, and he mentioned mm-hmm. them, and they were featured on it. Like, you know, in their in their own kind of chopped up way. You know, it was still like they weren't in a part of the bigger conversation yet. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like mm-hmm. now it's like. They, you know, they're they're everywhere. And, you know, Doja Cat is everywhere. She had her number one as well. Um, you know, so it's very exciting. I'm just like super thrilled. And I can't wait to see how many more women come through the door. Right. Yeah. And sort of going off of that, when we're talking about this limited space for female rappers and how that is changing, um, we do have some numbers of uh, women in the industry. So, um, women actually only make up about 22.4% of artists, 12.3% of songwriters, and only 2% of producers. And this is mm. from a 2018 study. So that is from when you were mm-hmm. talking, when it was Cardi B, Nicki Minaj. So things have changed. Um, and if we look at uh, Grammy nominees, we see a similar thing. Um, so what is it about this industry, do you think, makes it so hard for women to break into? That's That's a great question. To be honest, like... I think it's like so many other industries where men kind of shoehorned themselves into positions of power and made it so that, so an aside, I want to talk about, you know, there's a documentary that just came out called um, On the Record. 
And it talks about um, Russell Simmons and Mm -hmm. using his position of power to -hmm. basically coerce, harass, allegedly, you know, I want to make that clear, um, assault Mm -hmm. women. And, you know, a slew of women came forward, have come forward and talked about their experiences with him. And that's not an isolated situation. Like men often, especially in the music industry, um, men often use their power to to lord it over women and say, hey, you know, do this for me and then you'll get your record. Um, You know, there have been plenty of women who have been buried because they either didn't do what they were asked to do or they did it and then the men just threw them to the side because they got what they wanted. So, um, you know, there are some powerful women who have kind of been able to escape those clutches. But yeah, I mean, (sighs) men... I don't want to be like, men are terrible, but like, you know, it's just kind of like, as as with anybody that gets, you know, an, an inkling of power, right. you want to, you want to wield it, you know, you want right. to, you want to throw it around and you want to see what you can get out of somebody. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so for so long, I feel like women were excluded because they either went with the route and then they they were found out and it was like, oh, well, she did that for that. So what is she willing to do for this? Or right. they didn't do it at all. And right. then they were just like closed out. Right. So um, I feel like that's especially the case with music, um, especially with hip hop specifically. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, we do have some pioneers like the Queen Latifahs, like the Salt and Peppers, who were able to like skate by those issues because mm-hmm. they were like, I don't know. I, I wish I could have a conversation with them and ask them how they were able to work around that. Right. But um, yeah, for the most part, I just feel like especially in an industry like hip hop where the lyrics, you know, from like the 90s to now have been about like, you know, sex and Mm -hmm. what they want from women and how they treat Mm -hmm. women and what they do with women and all that kind of stuff. Um, You know, it's it's explicit. It's right there in your face. And so I'm confused about why we won't just admit that that's what's going on. You know, I feel like people don't really talk about that. And I'm glad that this On the Record documentary came out because... Up until like, I want to say last month, and even I was watching, um, you know, the Rough Riders Chronicles that BET put out and Russell Simmons popped up. And I was like, right. what? You know, right. like it's, it just, it's still, he's still there. And I feel like people are not going to like ever sit him to the side and be like, okay, this is someone that did a lot for the culture but he also did a lot to harm the culture. And who knows right. how much further we would be if he hadn't done what he had done, allegedly. Right. Right. So, um, yeah, I feel like hip-hop is just an industry where women are treated as accessories, as, you know, as objects, as not human beings. And right. I really hope that things are changing now. Um, you know, we'll talk more about how women aren't really seen as you know, especially Black women, aren't really seen as fully realized human beings. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, for now, I just want to say that, yeah, hip-hop is has got some issues. And I I really hope that we take some time to address it. I mean, we're going to get into that, even with the uh, Megan Thee Stallion controversy, not even controversy, things that she went through, the fact that she had gotten shot and people's jokes and continued, like, dismissal of her pain because of the stereotypes, because of this idea that Black women not only should be stronger than everybody mm-hmm. else, but should defend everybody else, even when they're the victims. And it just has this thing in because that's so ingrated to a certain degree that there's a level of protection of we know what's happening. 
when yeah. police are called. And we know yeah. what we see. And so therefore, what is the lesser evil and what's the better choice? And then still being raked over the coals for it and trying to, and still being the uh, villain in this, yes. in this story. It's just a whole it's thing. It's bizarre. Yeah. It's just such a whole thing. And I'm, I'm very baffled. And I'm just, I'm just like this whole level of where we are in Me Too, because that's kind of one of the things that I, I did want to get into as well in the hashtag Me Too era. It seemed like, even though it started by a Black woman, mm-hmm. it seemed like a lot of hip-hop kind of got away with it, kind of skated by. It took forever for even R. Kelly to have yeah. to answer some of the things that he's been accused of. And it became a documentary. And we already know kind of the history of him and Aaliyah. And mm-hmm. you're kind of like baffled. You're like, it's right there. Yeah. <laughs> it's right there. I don't exactly. understand. Exactly. Um, but yeah, how do you see, has it, and maybe it's just me, maybe it's me beyond the outskirts of enjoying it as just entertainment mm-hmm. and not understand the culture behind it and the depths of it, being mm-hmm. from the country of, of Georgia. Um, mm-hmm. But have you seen a big effect in the hip-hop industry with the hashtag MeToo movement? Oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> That's a loaded question. <laughs> I know, I mean, it's it's loaded, but like I, I sigh because nothing has happened, um, yeah. you know, and... You know, with the exception of a Russell Simmons, and even that is like still up in the air. Right. Um, you know, there there are people who I've listened to, um, who I was a big fan of. Um, you know, just like from from older people, like you know, I think I think Nelly was accused of something, um, and then there are these younger kids um, that uh, that I listened to a lot, like in 2016, and you know, I. I just kind of went down a rabbit hole and I saw these stories that these girls were putting out and they were just kind of like, he did this. And I and I was just like, no, this is unbelievable. Like, I love this kid. And, um, you know, it's, it's really bizarre because aside from those like, you know, forum pages that I was on, nobody's talking about it. Mm-hmm. Nobody's getting canceled. And I feel like cancellation is like, you know... It, it it's nothing like <laughs> at the end of the day like unless you're going to prison like you're right. not getting canceled right. and um you know so i feel like hip hop hasn't been hit by the me too movement yet and i i'm nervous because i feel like it's inevitable especially you know after the megan situation and her coming out and saying Tory Lanez did this, like right. it took a lot for her to do that, and right. I I can only imagine like how stressful that was for her. But I feel like she did it because, you know, we were in a situation where men can do pretty much anything. Like they can, you know, beat their wives. They can, you know, force their women to have abortions. Like they can do all these things, and they'll still like get a feature with a Kendrick Lamar or something right. like that. You know, right. um, so it's like. It's just really disheartening, to be honest, because, you know, I'll be, like, with a friend and we'll be listening to something and then a song by one of those artists will come on and I'll be like, ah, can we not listen to this? And they're like, why not? And I'm like, have you have you not heard anything? Right, right. So it's like, you know, it's like I'm in this silo where I'm, like, getting all this information and I'm making personal decisions about mm-hmm. what I prefer to listen to or not to listen to now and I'm still out and not now because we're in COVID, but like, you know, when yeah. I was like out and about, right. um, you know, <laughs> like at certain places or, you know, hanging out with friends and, um, you know, even uh, the late Tentacion, like, you know, he was somebody that was wildly popular, had co-signs mm-hmm. by Kendrick, had co-signs by, I think, Kanye West at one point. 
that kid had a lot of issues. He was very mm-hmm. talented. He was he's one of the ones that I was listening to back in 2016. Um, he was very, very talented, but he was very, very challenged, you know, mm-hmm. in a lot of emotional ways. And he took that out allegedly, but you know, not really allegedly, um, on you know, the girl that he was dating and his fans, his scores of fans, you know, I would write about him. I, I remember mm-hmm. I wrote an article about him for Complex and they tore me to pieces. Like they were mm-hmm. just like, you don't know anything about him. He didn't do this. He blah, 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 blah. And then like, right. you know, like literal audio recordings of him admitting it would come out and they would still be like, but he didn't do it. Mm-hmm. He didn't admit it. So, right. you know, it's just kind of like, I, I just, I don't know if hip hop will ever be affected like as much as Hollywood was, you know, right. like after um, it kind of took off there. But yeah, that's something that I'm definitely interested in seeing how things play out over the next right. couple of years. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a very, it's a conundrum for sure. Right. I mean, we can look at one of the best examples, Chris Brown. <laughs> Yeah. And he just made a number one hit. I mean, yeah. it just came out that he just made and won a VMA or something, right? It's kind of like, oh. And and again, this kind of goes back to the whole idea, though, in the protection bit, because I, I've heard this many times and I can see that too, that he's most likely to be, like he did what he did and it was wrong. Yeah. But he's going to be more villainized than a white celebrity. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, how do you balance this? Like, yeah. how do you balance justice at the same time and justice correctly done across the board? It's, yeah. it's kind of one of those things. And, and again, it comes back to the question of, Black women feeling the need to protect their men, black or bl- not just their men, black men in general, exactly, and not having that reciprocated more often than not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've said the word um, Sajinoir a lot, and I haven't explained it. Do you want to explain it? Um, sure. Yeah, I mean, in a the long and the short of it is, um, Sajinoir is basically any kind of like action or thought that is opposing like the values and the 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 humanization of women. And misogynoir is specifically about Black women. And mm-hmm. that's something that goes back thousands of years. You know, mm-hmm. something that we have been dealing with since we got to America. Mm-hmm. Feeling as if um, Black women are superhuman so they can withhold or withstand inordinate amounts of pain. Um, you know, that they can bear like any kind of hardship without feeling emotion. Um, it's basically this thought that Black women don't deserve the same respect or the same like extension of concern as mm-hmm. a white woman, as a white man, mm-hmm. um, as anybody that is not deemed the the baseline of like, you know, when you turn on the TV, who do you see? You know, it's like yeah. typically it's going to be a white man or a white woman. So, right. um, so yeah, it's definitely just, it's a term that like, I didn't become familiar with until um, I moved out of Texas, you know, and mm-hmm. that was in like 2013. I had experienced it for sure, right? But um, I didn't, I didn't know what the word to put to it was until I like got to NPR and I started talking right. to like Gene Demby, and he's super smart, you know. And it's like, <laughs> you know, so I'm like, oh, what's this word, you know? So I'm like doing my Googles and trying to figure it out, and I'm like, oh snap, like this is exactly yeah. what I've experienced in the past. Exactly. And yeah, it was termed in 2010 by Moya Bailey mm. um, because it's so specific that it needed it. It is kind of how we talked about intersectional feminism mm-hmm. and why we have to differentiate that from 
feminism mm-hmm. and why that is so important. And you see that as the layer of, oh, <laughs> this is bad, but this is even worse. Yeah. And this is where we're falling apart here. And it's a bigger issue. And until this is resolved, the bad thing can't be resolved. Exactly. And it's kind of that same thing. And it is interesting that we've gotten to the point, and that's kind of hip hop in general, um, and especially Black women coin. And we talked about language for a while, kind of coined many of phrases that we use today that is popular and that is very useful. Yes. And this word specific today is it is exactly what it is. And it is exactly why we have a breakdown and misogyny can't be resolved until misogyny noir is resolved first. Exactly, exactly. So, thank you. Sorry, I realized I throw words around without explaining them sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and I forget that not everyone has to, not everyone has this job. Yeah. Okay. Surprise. <laughs> Surprise. Sorry. <laughs> yes. We have a lot more to cover in this conversation, listeners. But first, we have a quick break for a word from our sponsors. rant for a sec please pay apps are way too public what happened some rando hearted a payment from five months ago and i realized people can see my entire history who i'm paying like full names it's super weird yeah it's weird how are you paying your friends then apple cash it's all in messages you can literally send cash like a text and it stays between friends random people can't see it did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Thank you, sponsors. Let's get back into it. So um, if we if we look specifically at Megan the Stallion, um, why do you think there is such a divide when it comes to 
believing her or uh, victim blaming her? Well, I mean, you know, number one, as we are, this whole conversation is about, number one, she's a woman. So we're not going to listen to a woman over a man just because of how this society is built. Number two, she's a black woman. We just talked about Massage Noir. And number three, she's extremely attractive. You know, Mm -hmm. she's someone that has built her career on how beautiful she is. And that's not like, I remember when I first started listening to her, I was like, wow, like she is so subversive. Like she figured out a way to turn men's desires into her own power and really like come into her own and step into her own and be somebody who knows exactly what she wants and knows exactly how to, you know, distribute like her feelings of of strength to her listeners. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, she's very, very sexual. She's very um, attractive and she uses her body in a way that like a lot of people don't. You know, she's just mm-hmm. very, very um, innovative in that way. And I think that because her body is such a big part of her, her act, I think people don't take assaults on her body as seriously as they would uh, a Taylor Swift, you know, mm-hmm. who doesn't like go out there and twerk and like doesn't like do things that um, that that people like Megan or um, you know other rappers who may follow in her footsteps do? So um, yeah, I think it has a lot to do with the fact that we're so used to like objectifying her, mm-hmm. and now we're like taking that to another level in terms of okay, like now you know oh she got shot in the foot oh that's funny like she twerks with her feet. Ah uh, ha ha! Let's make a joke about like the fact that she can't twerk anymore, and like where's her money going to come from? And we're not going to think, you know, it's just like this, this like extension and extension, like it just goes beyond, um, you know, any real point of concern. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Like I, I had a conversation with some friends recently, and we were just kind of like, if she had been killed, mm-hmm. like this would be a completely different story. Like, it'd be like, Mm -hmm. oh, this is tragic. She was so young. She was so talented. But she got shot, like, and it wasn't life-threatening, thank goodness. And now it's like, oh, you know, we, you know, we can wipe our brow on that one and move on, but let's, like, crack some jokes along the way. Um, You know, I think that's a big part of it. And it's, like, it's really frustrating because, say, Tory Lanez had been shot by somebody it would be a different situation. It would mm-hmm. be like, oh my God, he survived. Um, you know, he's, wow, he's a real man now. Like he, mm-hmm. you know, he's, you know, 50 Cent got shot nine times and he, you know, like he right. used that in a song. Like he made a movie about it. You know, it's like, it's mm-hmm. all this stuff. So it's like, why when a man goes through a certain situation, like we say that this is like proven that he's like a G, you know, like mm-hmm. he made it out. He He made it through. But when a woman gets shot, it's like, let's crack jokes and let's pretend like she's not actually healing right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. And as in fact, as I'm watching the comments unfold and the massage noir was ridiculously staggering. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything from him blaming her because she was masculine. And what I'm still thinking, like, who the hell thinks she's masculine? Have you seen her? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, There's nothing about her that's masculine. She's got a deep voice. Okay. She raps. How is that making her any more masculine than anyone, the exactly. next person? Exactly. You say that's masculine. That's a whole new definition. That's mm-hmm. fine because that, that needs to go out the window anyway. Yeah. But like that she was too masculine to be empathized with. They couldn't empathize with that because obviously she can handle it. Mm-hmm. Or just saying that she was getting um, 
she knew what she was getting into because of the person that she was with, as if she deserved it because she gave a man a chance that may have a volatile uh, past or may talk a big game about having a volatile past mm-hmm. um, or just plain out saying she's lying. That that Those things just kind of blew my mind. I'm sitting here watching that unfold. I'm going, what? She's not even the one that's saying anything. And until people started accusing her of this BS, mm-hmm. she finally had to be like, hey, stop. This yeah. is not funny. I have to defend myself. Why do you think this is often the reaction for violence against Black women? And especially in the music industry, you kind of already stalked into that. But mm-hmm. again, why do you think this is just the automatic reaction? Because we saw that happen to Rihanna too. Yeah. Uh, Rihanna, until her pictures were leaked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a big part of this is, I mean, and she kind of like came out later and like showed her feet, like where she had mm-hmm. the stitches and everything like that. Like, I think just culturally, we're in a place where if we don't see it, we don't right. connect to it. Like we're, especially because of like, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement and like, you know, us seeing so much violence against Black people on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like Breonna Taylor, for example, we didn't see that happen. Right. So we don't have justice for her, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, but with George Floyd, um, we saw that happen. I, I didn't mm-hmm. watch it. I can't watch right. anymore of those right. videos. But, you know, it's like, we saw that happen and he was a man. So it was kind of like, okay, like, this is serious. Let's get on the streets. Even though we have this virus going on, let's do whatever we need to do to get this done. Right. And and so to bring it back to Megan, um, you know, because we didn't see her actually, like, you know, get shot, I think that's a big part of why people are like, you know, she's lying or let's make a joke or let's do this or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's a big part of it. But also, you know, like like we were saying, after the Chris Brown and Rihanna situation happened, I think a lot of people were still hesitant to believe Rihanna or mm-hmm. or quick to say, well, what did she do to him? Right. You know, like, it's always like, how, like, how did this situation play out? As if it's any of our business, number one. Right. Right. And number two, um, you know, like, just, just the simple fact that we're not privy to the conversations that these people have, the relationships that these people have, the way that they interact with each other. There are so many layers mm-hmm. to this. And yeah, it's like, you know, I, I, unfortunately, I have like friends and family members who have been in abusive situations. Right. And um, even like in public and people have like not done anything to help right. them. And it's like, you know, like there was a, a specific situation where um, someone that I know was, you know, being hit outside of a club. And then when she started hitting the man, that's when everybody came up and was like, well, what are you doing? You can't do that. You can't do that. And it's like, you know, as a Black woman, we just expect people to to always defend the Black man. And mm-hmm. it's I think it's because Black men have been through so much historically, you know, from mm-hmm. Emmett Till, um, you know, there, there are so many stories that we don't even know. Mm-hmm. that um, Black men have been through. So it's like, we automatically want to wrap our arms around them and say, hey, we got you. Like, we're never going to let you down. We're never going to, like, put you out on the street. We're never going to do this. So that's a big part of it as well. But yeah, with Megan, I just, it's just, it's mind-boggling. Like you said, right. it's baffling. It's, I I can't make heads or tails of it. And for that reason, like, and um, a few other reasons, but definitely because of, like, 
because of that situation, I took a step away from social media. I right. was like, I I don't even know what is going on with people anymore. Like right. to make a joke about somebody being shot, like right. literally, like come on. So um, yeah, that's a long way of saying she deserves way more than she's getting. Right. And you're right. Maybe part of this is the normalizing of having gun incidents, mm-hmm. which is baffling in itself. Because I'm like, if you think on your own, how many of you had, you know, people who want to make these criticisms mm-hmm. really have that several level of experience? You know, it's just kind of like, why are we taking this as if it's not a big deal? Yeah. Got shot, no matter where, no matter what. It yeah. was whatever. Being shot is a trauma. Yeah. Exactly. So this is a whole weird conversation that we're having that it's like, eh, not a big deal. Yeah, that's a f***ing big deal. It's a huge deal. But yeah, I just, I think I'm just, it's just watching this unfold. There's so many things, but this is watching this unfold in the middle of what is happening in in our country in itself. It's just Mm -hmm. very evident of why movements like Say Her Name is important. Why mm-hmm. movements uh, like these conversations that we're having with Me Too, like why these are important, but it's not being recognized in the areas that we really need the focus on. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, there's like this nucleus of like impenetrable like layers that hip hop exists in, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, we can't, we can't like fight our way into it for some reason. Mm-hmm. And right. I think it's, man, like hip hop is just such a huge thing, you know? Like mm-hmm. it's the most listened to genre in the world and right. or at least in the U.S. And um, it's just like an incredible force. It informs mm-hmm. so much of what we do culturally, not just Black culture, pop culture at large. It's such a big part of how we function. Mm-hmm. And I think for that reason, we're afraid to really take it you know, take it down to size. We're afraid mm-hmm. to like pare it down and say, here are the the rotten layers and let's get to the core and let's try to figure out like how we can make this better for everybody. Because mm-hmm. right now it's like men, you know, like men right. run it, men right. <laughs> reap the rewards. Um, and that's just talking about the, the people that we see visibly. Like mm-hmm. we're not talking about the white men at the top who are really mm-hmm. making the money. Right. Um, and, you know, who knows the conversations that they're having up there, you know, about artists like an XXX, artists like a Rich the Kid or a Famous Dexter who um, have literally been documented doing heinous things mm-hmm. and nothing happens. Right. So, um, yeah, you know, and it's like <sighs> these artists are, you know, cash cows for a lot of a lot of these labels right. and a lot of these companies. And I think that there might be some orchestrations behind the scenes. I don't know this, you know, like from from experience, but I can only imagine like that these people want to protect their pockets. So, you know, they're probably doing as much as they can to make sure that the the wheels keep turning and the gears keep moving and the money keeps coming in. Right. And the way you say it, there seems to be a hierarchy of who is expendable and who is not. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Megan, uh, her newest hit, WAP, with Cardi B. Yes. Had a lot of people talking. (laughs) Yes, it did. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And it's been an ongoing conversation and uh, kind of controversy about women freely talking about uh, sex and wanting sex. That's something we've talked about on the show a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, Why do you think this double standard, especially in hip-hop, in the hip-hop industry, is so overwhelming and ongoing? I think, <laughs> ooh, my thoughts. 
I think men just don't want women to have any. And that's that's me being like experience, you know, in terms of the workplace, in terms of, you know, dealing with artists, um, you know, when it comes down to it, any woman that is going to say, I want this and I want it now, you know, like any man is going to be like, well, I mean, you should ask me to give that to you, you know, like you shouldn't, <laughs> you shouldn't say that you want it. I want you to ask me for it. And it's like, no, no, no. Like, I'm going to tell you. So, yeah, I I think it. I think it's absolutely ridiculous that there are so many people up in arms about the song, especially because, like, a male artist put out a song that was just, like, about, like, wanting sex and nobody batted than I. But that's, like, literally half the music yeah. that's out. Right. You know, even right. if it's called, like, 22-inch rims, like, half the song is about, like, wanting yeah. sex and getting sex and having 30,000 women and you know, feeling like they're the man because they've slept with, you know, X amount of those women. So it's like, you know, like, I don't, (laughs) I wish I had like a a very, very straightforward, like, this is why men are upset because it's mainly men. And it's some women too, you know, it's some women being like, yeah, like, why are you talking about your vagina? You know, like, and it's like, well, like, why can he talk about his penis and nothing happens like he gets right. to do what he wants to do so right. um yeah it's just very much befuddled like we've been using the words baffled befuddling <laughs> like it's confusing like I don't understand it does not compute like right. I'm I'm having such an issue like like that's WAP is my sister's favorite song right now like she's 32 she's grown but like you know um like as soon as we saw the video, like we were like watching um the the YouTube live where right. her and Megan were like taking shots and like getting ready for the video to come out and everything. And then we watched the video and then we watched the video again. Right. And then uh, we listened to the the real version and we were right. like, oh, okay, like let's right. do it. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, so we were like, we were thrilled, we were excited. And and then like the next day, like we got up and she checked her social media because like I said, I'm not really on social. And, you know, she was just kind of like, yeah, people are talking about it, but they're not saying what I thought they'd be saying. And, um, you know, as soon as I heard that, like, Megan and Cardi had a song together, I knew it was going to be some freak stuff, you know? I was like, of course, (laughs) like, they are coming together. They're joining forces. Like, they are going to be on some stuff. So, (laughs) And they were. uh, And they were. (laughs) And there's nothing wrong with that. And if anything, like... You know, it just reminds me of like Lil Kim, you know, like when she came out yeah. and, you know, like people were taken aback, but they, they, you know, they clutched their pearls for a little bit and then they were like, okay, this is who Kim is. Like, you know, she can come out with the hardcore and talk about, you know, whatever she wants to do. And we accept her for that. So mm. I'm hoping moving forward, like, it's kind of like Kim, like kicked the door open and then did what she had to do. And then like, you know... Things happen in her career or whatever. And the door's kind of like eked back closed. And now like Cardi and Megan are like kicking that door open again. And I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that the door will stay open for women to be able to continue talking about their preferences, their proclivities, their like whatever they want, because men do it with reckless abandon and there are no consequences. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. I, I loved it. I was like, oh, look, they have all these women featured. There was one I was confused by, but you know, yeah, whatever. I think we're um, all confused. <laughs> everybody kind of just sat there and held up. I was like, what? 
<laughs> no, okay. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they were celebrating women, celebrating women, what they do. Uh, and I loved all of it. And that that's, it's not the first time. Um, Missy Elliott did it too. She oh did my God, it often. Missy. She, she yes. went out. Like she would call men out and she would have them on the damn song to call them out. It was yeah. Minute Man, man she had yes. 50 cents. Oh my God. Yes, yes. <laughs> and even like, Oh my God, like Missy is, I'm so glad you mentioned her because she was the definition of subversive. Like she was so unafraid to, and is so unafraid to step up and be like, you know, um, what's the song? Well, I've been listening to Hot Boys a lot. And um, it's like, you know, she's just kind of like, oh, is that your car? Oh, can you you be my date? Can you you do this? Can we be together? Like, and she's like unafraid to be like, like a bird, to be right. frank, you know, like she's just like, oh yeah, you know, I'm like, I'm out here and you're out here. So why, why can't we be out here together? And right. so I think that's like, you know, of course she was a little bit more, she was direct, but she mm-hmm. wasn't like as forthright as right. WAP is. She was right. more like, I'm going to play with your, I'm going to play with your mind a little bit. Right. I'm going to like use these other terms and like, right. you know, kind of like skate around it in an artful way. Right. Not to say that like WAP isn't artful because I think those verses are great, but um, yeah, they you had know, a point. They wanted to be in your face. Yeah, like, exactly. That was, that was purposeful. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And Missy is purposeful exactly when she wants to be. Right. So um, you know, it's just like some songs, you know, she'll kind of skate around it and you know be cutesy, and then mm-hmm. some songs she'll come out and be like, look. I don't want right. no minute, man. You know, and right. it's like, okay. Right. <laughs> I mean, that song is exactly what you think it is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing. It's like, it, this is such a weird thing. Like, why are people surprised, again, that Megan Thee Stallion with Cardi B are going to have this type of lyrics just mm-hmm. because you want it to be a little more uh, innuendo? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it kind of is already with the title, but you know it's going to come out and it's going to smack you in the face. It's going to be very real yeah. with what they're saying. Yeah. And that's exactly who they are. And that's exactly what... They, they've never tried to hide that as who they are as artists. Not at So all. why are people shocked? A, B. Uh, yeah, it is the same level of why can't they be? What is this shock and awe? Like, it's 2020. You've heard words <laughs> from our current president and you're really, really, really shocked by a song? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not doing good. I get passionate. <laughs> I'm not doing good with this. Uh, but yeah, like, what what is this shock of what's happening today? And why, especially when it's in a positive format? Like, yeah, exactly. It sounds, and like, I in think, your face, but it's consent. Come on. Yeah, it's consent. And it's like, why? I'm not trying to talk down on men. I'm trying so hard not to. But like, they can, you know, they can make a song and say that they're like, gonna slip a a drug in someone's drink and they're gonna have a good time. And I'm like, so you can, that song can hit top 10 on Billboard Mm -hmm. and nobody bats an eye. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we, well, WAP went, did it go number one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So thank goodness. Um, (laughs) Which I was like, I don't know about this one because, you know, in terms of streaming and everything, but hey, they did it. Um, But yeah, you know, it's just kind of like, I just question our values when we can listen to two powerful women speak about right. what they want consensually, as you said, and we're taken aback by that and we're disgusted by that. Like right. that just kind of speaks to like the level of power that we have as women in this country. Right. 
You know, like that just kind of speaks to the level of respect that we have mm-hmm. and the amount of just grace that we're extended. You know, like mm-hmm. we're just there. We ha- we've come very far, obviously, but like we have so much work to do in this country, right. in this industry. Um, you know, in hip hop specifically, there is like a lot to be said and done because we shouldn't be having, you know, I'm glad, I'm grateful to be having this conversation, but like, we shouldn't be talking about men getting shot. We shouldn't be talking about like people being up in arms about a song about sex. Like what, you know, it just doesn't make any sense. So I'm hopeful that, like I said, like the doors will remain open so people can continue having the freedom to speak about what they want and what they need in their lives. Mm -hmm. But for now, like we're going to, keep talking about this stuff. And I'm like, all right, you know, let's at least let's try to like educate people and like expose people to different perspectives. Right. We do have some more for you listeners, but first we have one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, a daily podcast from Hello Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Every weekday, we bring you conversations with the culture makers who inspire us. Like our recent episode with Hollywood royalty Regina and Raina King. We talked about the creative power of women's relationships. I feel like, thank God for women, like, especially when it comes to Black women, the way we lean on our mothers, our grandmothers, our sisters, our friends, we're just each other's pulse. I mean, it's molecular, you know? 
Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Um, and I did have one last question, and it, mm-hmm. it, it involves hip-hop, but mainly just your personal experiences. Because as I'm researching um, different things in this industry, even journalists, female journalists, trying to talk about hip-hop, which can be enjoyed by all. People want everyone to enjoy it so they can make that money. <laughs> like Absolutely. It's obvious. This is exactly what needs to happen. But even one of our um, Atlanta uh, hip-hop journalists talked about how she immediately got accused of not accused, but being said, oh, oh, your boyfriend or your husband must have gotten you into hip-hop. Mm. Oh, oh, the reason you like hip-hop or the, the way, because you know it so well is because of some man teaching yeah. you these things. Yeah. And then you look at the limited amount of women that are able to be professionals in this type of industry. Mm-hmm. It's so small. Mm-hmm. Why do you think, I mean, the obvious answer is misogyny. Yeah. patriarchy overall, yeah. like in, in territorial, like in conversations. But how do you think people are going to be able to, more women are going to be able to get into this industry to be able to talk about something they love, yeah. like hip-hop? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I just want to say my mom introduced me to hip-hop. Like, and that's like my, that's one of my proudest things to say. Like yeah. she, you know, she was listening to like crazy stuff, like <laughs> like horrorcore, you know. And I'm like, yes, like give me more, put it in my veins. Um, so that's why I love like so much, like so many different kinds of rap is because my mom was not afraid to like mm-hmm. dig into things and like, you know, like expose her children to like rap that was that wasn't exactly for kids. But like, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be doing what I do today. So. um, I just want to put that out there. And um, yeah, so I really hope that, like, right now, there's honestly, it's it's like kind of ebbing and flowing, but there's definitely a cultural reckoning happening where mm-hmm. people are being open about their experiences and being open about their, their times with companies. Like, you know, I came out and spoke mm-hmm. out about my experience at Complex and how, you know, as a Black woman, I was treated like, crap. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was really afraid to do that. But I, I, I understood that, like, I want to make that place isn't going anywhere. You know, like, right. we may have given it a black eye, but complex isn't, isn't going anywhere. Right. So I want to make that place better for the mm-hmm. next woman that comes behind me. And mm-hmm. I think that's a way that we're going to be able to, like, systemically change the industry, like, even from a journalistic perspective, is by saying like, hey, I had this experience. I don't want you to have that experience. Even before I signed the NDA, I called every Black woman I knew. And I was like, this is what happened to me. I just want you to be aware. Look out, like take care of yourself. And so I think like for so long, it's been a whisper network of like how to stay safe and how to get ahead and how to do X, Y, Z. And now like we're much more public. We're much more open. And we're much more, uh, you know, bold, you know, we're not afraid mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, for so long, I think we've been kind of held under a thumb of like, well, you should be lucky to be here. You know, you should be lucky that you had have, have the opportunity to have this experience. And the truth, <laughs> the honest truth is they are lucky to have us. Right. Because like, number one, we are delving into topics 
and addressing things and just shedding light on so many issues that, frankly, like men don't think about when it comes to Mm -hmm. hip hop. Like, you know, when I came up with the dominant woman um, idea for complex, like nobody else was talking about that. Like I said, you know, even in the meetings, it was like, oh, you know, Cardi might come up in conversation and Nikki might come up in conversation, but nobody was connecting the dots. So, um, you know, I really hope that these companies will, in these organizations and these um, publications will see the value that we bring to the table because there are obviously like tons of men in the rap game who can benefit from speaking to to women journalists just because mm-hmm. like when it comes to like men conversing with men, they're just kind of like, oh, bro, you know, let's talk about this, you know, unless they're like super, super professional. But like the, right. the conversations that I've seen, <laughs> I'm just like, so you really just like had a homie conversation. Okay. You didn't really like ask any real questions. All right. right. Um, but you know, and then there's like just the simple fact that like there are women in this game too. And not every woman wants to talk to a man, especially when it comes to like the first conversation I had with Megan for Complex in the, the end of 2018. Um, you know, I was asking her like, why do you think people, you know, and even at that point we were talking about her lyrics. And I was like, why do you think some people say that your lyrics are too explicit? Like, what would you say to those people? And she was like, you know, I'm not going to rap about what I don't do. I'm not going to rap about popping pills and shooting people. It was just so bizarre that she said that. Um, <laughs> you know, you know, she was like, I'm not going to rap about that because that's not what I do. I'm going to rap about my body and what I like to do with my body. Mm-hmm. And I just don't imagine like a man asking her that question. Right. So, you know, I, at the end of the day, I really just hope that um, we continue to be open and about our experiences because I think that's the genuine, honest way that we're going to see some movement happen. And I really, um, I have a lot of hope. I do. And my hope lies in the people that I support. Um, You know, there are so many great writers. Um, Taylor Crumpton is an amazing writer. She um, actually wrote a piece about, you know, Megan's shooting and how, yeah, yeah, you know, she's um, an incredible writer. Um, EVA Ani is a great writer. She used to work for OK Player. Now she's a freelancer as well. Shamira Ibrahim is a great writer as well. I I could list so many people, but, you know, I just, the thing is we're all freelancers right now, you know, and we want homes, you know, we want to be able to like settle in somewhere and have the support and the development and, um, you know, the, the tutelage, you know, we want those things and we're doing great right now, but I really hope like in the next year or two, we can all find a place to land so we can really like settle in for years as mm-hmm. some of these journalists, like a John Caramonica, you know, he's been at the Times for decades or, you know, at least a decade now. And he's doing amazing work there. But like, I would love to see a Black woman in a similar position. Yeah. <laughs> I think when we actually see that happen and, and when we see that we can stop having cancel culture, which is not even, again, you said it before, no one truly gets canceled. That's, that's not a thing. No. Nah. Mm-mm. Unless they're insignificant people with menial jobs over, you know, and they get canceled for something yeah. dumb. You, you, everybody's fine. Everybody yeah. is fine. Uh, that it's it's interesting to see like this whole label when it's not just, it's not canceling. It's just a rectifying of what's happening. Mm-hmm. And I know that took a lot of toll on you as an in- individual coming out. And, and um, of course, I'd love to see the support because people were supporting you and that, but the fact that you had to go through all of that nonsense and the mm-hmm. anxiety yeah. and overall like 
compromise in mm-hmm. yourself, like, what do I do? How do I help the situation is, is incredibly encouraging, but disheartening to see at the same time. Like, you don't want to see your fellow people do it, get, having to do this BS mm-hmm. to try to correct a situation. Exactly. Yeah. It's, you know, leaving complex was one of the most difficult things, you know, that I've had to do. And, you know, I'm, I'm bipolar type one and that um, comes with depression and mania. And I was swinging back and forth through those things when I was going through the, the, my exit because I was emotionally all over the place and extreme stress triggers my episodes. And that was an extremely stressful period. And I ended up having to be hospitalized like right after that. Mm. So, um, you know, it was like, it was, it was just a really sad situation because I worked really, really hard to get there. Mm -hmm. And even though I had some people warn me along the way, like, I'm not sure if that's the place you want to go. I was like, you know what? I busted my tail. I did what I had to do. I want to be here. And I, I, I thugged it out for like almost two years. And then it just got to a point where, you know, it just hit a, hit a peak where I couldn't handle all the things that were coming at me anymore. And, you know, I, I tried to be as graceful as I could. And, you know, at the time, it was really scary, but like the scariest part was like losing my voice. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm forever indebted to Tiffany Wines. She's the the um, former Complex employee who came out and spoke out and in- invited me to come out with her. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know, for so long, I was hemming and hawing. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. And then eventually I was like, you know what? Nothing is going to change if we don't speak up. And, um, you know, thankfully there have been people in other uh, publications who have had similar experiences come out and say their own stories. And I feel like that's really the only way that we're going to move forward and the only way that we're going to like expand as an industry is, Mm -hmm. you know, as if we, if we're, if we're open and honest with ourselves. Mm -hmm. I hate that it takes that toll though, that you have to be that vulnerable in order to get justification justice in any sort of way. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I want to thank you for that. I know for so many people who are in this, in your industry, that takes a lot of courage to even try because it's not for you. This doesn't benefit you in any least way. No. Like there's nothing about this that's like, oh yeah, this is really fun for me. <laughs> yeah, not at all. It was, you know... <laughs> I still can't believe I did it, honestly. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, Keanu, what? Like, but, you know, <laughs> I I had to do it, you know? Like, yeah. I, I had to. Like, I would have regretted it for the rest of my life if I hadn't yeah. come out and spoken out because there are just so many people who feel like they don't have a voice. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, like, journalism is about giving voice to the voiceless. Right. And even if I'm not doing that through my medium, which is, like, exactly what I do what I do for... Um, I still am so focused on like, how can I benefit the Black woman coming behind me? How can I benefit the Black woman above me? How can we all, you know, mutually assist each other? Like, that's such a big part of what I do. And I try to, even in my writing, like, I try to speak to people who like need that extra, you know, arm or that extra hand or whatever, like, I'd be lying if I said that, like, you know, I don't want to interview, like, the biggest stars and, you know, the biggest rappers or whatever. Like, of course I want to do that. But at this point, like, I love talking to, like, the chicas and I love talking to, you know, the people who are, like, have so much potential, but, like, people 
aren't quite on board with them yet for whatever reason, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I really, that's where, that's like my bread and butter. That's mm-hmm. how I live and breathe. So yeah, that kind of like is, you know, in tandem with how I treat my professional career. You mm-hmm. know, I try to always work with people who I can assist, who can assist me. How can we all kind of work together and like build, you know, because at the end of the day, like, this is what we love to do. And we're very, very blessed to be able to do what we love. And I want to try to keep this going for as long as I possibly can. Right. And um, kind of when we were talking about your Patreon, it's it's so open and vulnerable. Uh, and And I think you do a phenomenal job in conveying all mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. that you, you see and struggle with. And I, and I appreciate that. And um, kind of just put it out there. What is your Patreon so people can go and sign up and then uh, subscribe oh, to it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my Patreon and most of my socials um, have the same core um, you know, name. It's Kiana Fitz. So patreon.com slash K-I-A-N-A-F-I-T-Z, Kiana Fitz. And um, that's my Twitter as well. My Instagram is Outfox, but you don't need, you know, that's, it's, if you want to go, you know, it's Outfox with two X's, but my Patreon is where I really, like you said, I try to be vulnerable. I try to pour in as much as, of myself as I can into that place because I, I, you know, I am a freelancer and work comes when it comes, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't always hit me when I need it. So mm-hmm. to be able to like be supported by people who can, see the value in my work and see the value in my words um, on, a, on a regular basis is really beautiful. So if you want to support me there, I write about hip hop. I write about my bipolar disorder. I write about um, hip hop and bipolar, you know, talking about Kanye West. Um, I do a lot of delving into what makes me who I am. So yeah, if you want to check it out, patreon.com slash Fitz. Awesome. Yeah, Totally. Go check that out. Is there anything else you want to shout out or uh, highlight before we wrap up here? Oh, man. Um, Listen to women rappers. I am so excited. Uh, Like I said, we have Mulatto. We have Light Skin Keisha. We have Flo Millie. We have Chica. We have Megan. We have the City Girls. We have Doja Cat. Like, you know, I, like I said earlier, I'm a DJ as well. And my sister is like, DJing too. And I was like, you need to make an all women mix. Like you need to do this. So like, that's going to come out soon. So look out for that. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I'm just like thrilled that I can listen to a playlist for an hour and I don't have to hear a man's voice at all. (laughs) You know, like I, of course I I have my favorite rappers and they'll always be my favorite rappers, the the men, but it's just a special feeling when you can listen to empowered, beautiful, strong women talk about their lives and talk about their experiences and be witty and be, you know, smart and just so much fun. It's just a blast. So yeah, listen to your, even listen to your local women rappers, I would say. And that brings us to the end of this interview. It was so good. Do you feel satisfied, Samantha? I am. I feel like it's been a long time of coming and I'm really excited to have more conversations uh, like this and with her, hopefully, having her back on the show. And you definitely should check out her Patreon because it, she is so open and for especially for those who struggle uh, with bipolar and, and the issues that are happening today and, and what it looks like, especially when you're in an industry like she was talking about, mm-hmm. that you have to be willing to be open and then yeah. dig deep into the darkness to get yep. to some of the points. So yeah, uh, go check her out for sure. 
Definitely, definitely. Um, and thanks again to her for joining us. Uh, if you would like to contact us, you can. We have an email and it is stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can also find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at Stuff I'm Never Told You. Thanks as always to our super producer, Andrew Howard. Thanks, Andrew. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.